0: Yes, folks, it's Thursday. I'm Fred McMurray. It's 2 p.m. Pacific, which means this has to be... <laughs>
1: Hey! Hey! Welcome to Toys of Franchising. It's Friday Eve. It's Friday I'm, Eve. Yeah, I am <laughs> Kristen <laughs> Chalmesse here with Elizabeth Denham Green and we are here with Toys of Franchising on this Thursday. Dang, we're getting close to Christmas. It's the 16th.
2: (laughs) I can't believe we're in the middle of December already. It's scary.
1: So in Chicago yesterday, it was like 70 degrees. (laughs) And today, it's like 36. Yeah, we're still in the
2: 70s. I can't get my hair to look right because it's still humid. Oh,
1: Well, I think we have a great show today. I'm Um, excited
2: about everything. We have a lot of good topics and we've got a great guest. We've been all hyped up about floating since we uh
3: booked her
1: (laughs) yeah i just can't even imagine what that's like so um but we'll get to that right yes so let's talk about yeah yeah word on the street my my favorite next generation to my gen xers is the gen z right so gen z is like ages what are we at 16 to 24 okay oh wow that's one of my kids
2: yeah, all, almost all of all of my kids are Gen Z except one.
1: Yeah, so what's the scoop with this generation? Well, here's something
2: interesting. Um people people know what they know, right? So our age was we're Facebookers. Yeah. That's what we know, that's what we do. The the generation below us, I think is more Instagram. But what they're saying is these Gen Zs who are the 16 to 24 are huge on twitter like half to 70 percent of people on twitter or people who are engaging on twitter are these gen zers so one thing that's interesting i think when you're running a business is you have to go where your people are yeah right not only that you have to go where your where your people are who will be your customers yeah if you're not paying if your target demographic is not 16 to 24 you still can't ignore it because they're going to become your target demographic at some point. So knowing where those people live and marketing accordingly and, and planning long-term, knowing where those people are living on social media is is a big deal.
1: Well, and Gen Z tends to be really big influencers, right? And they're like the driver of the memes today. Oh yeah. And I always get these, these memes and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so funny. Like, where do they find these things? Right. I don't even know where to find them, but I well, think so they make them. They're like, I've made a meme about this. And you made a meme. I mean, okay. I, I don't know how you do that,
2: but now I just well, maybe it's to... something you should learn because eventually, <laughs> these these kids are going to need someone to clean their house when they, you know, when they get their careers off the ground.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's crazy because um, I said something to my kids the other day about Instagram, and they're like. <laughs> mom we don't even use instagram anymore and i'm like well what do you use right and so at my my daughter who's at the 16 level she still does a lot of twitter but then the boys are doing all these other things and i'm like how are we going to keep up but i think you're absolutely right so when you are in business you have to stay ahead of the curve right so if you're opening a business today depending on what that business is not only are you looking for your current customer but you have to look ahead five ten years If you're opening today for um, something that, like, okay, you use housekeeping, right? So, right now, we're looking to serve the baby boomer generation. We're looking to serve the dual income. But what's surprising is the number of young professionals today, which are in this Gen Z, actually, a lot of young 20s Mm -hmm. who are going out, they're making great money, they're super busy, and they just, they've got the extra income, and they learn from mom and dad watching them that their time is, quite frankly, better spent at the gym or doing other things and just pay somebody to clean the darn house. Right? Yeah.
2: I mean, and, and I think when you have that element, my daughter is a night ranger. She's 23, and she's got her first real job. I mean, she doesn't, she's not ready to pay somebody else to clean yet. But when you have made it to that level of, of income, it, it, her time would be better spent doing professional development or personal development or keeping your health in shape, all the those things. So it's not too young to even start to think about it at some point. Um, yeah. And she she actually got all excited. She, she, she was so proud. At one point she told me, I'm Twitter verified, and I didn't know what that meant, so I was not adequately appreciative of this. I've just mm-hmm. learned. Yeah. But um, because of her professional experience, you know, she has the green check by her name, and she is a verified Twitter account person. Um, oh. And I felt bad because I didn't you know, give her as big a pat on the back as uh, clearly she was expecting because I didn't realize the relevance of that. And that's important, though. That's a, what, the, what your due diligence is the thing. You've got to be on top of what matters and how you communicate on different platforms. And Twitter is a great place for memes and live tweets and
4: yeah. in We're going to do a
2: watch party for some events, you know, those things are what engages those younger age groups, and they're going to eventually be your target audience.
1: Right. I think the interesting thing, too, a lot of times um, when you talk about the difference between Facebook, say, and, and Twitter in this case, um, what they were saying in this article was that in, in the Generation Z, those folks are a lot more engaged, and they like to participate in the conversation. Which is really great because you talk about when you're um, in business and you're paying for social media marketing, you have a click-through rate and then you have an engagement rate, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and it costs different if you want clicks or do you want engagement? Like, and so I think it's important to know what you're paying for and what level you're paying for. And if you want to target these folks and they start to engage, you have to make sure that as a business, you're engaging back. And if it's not you personally, you have somebody watching those Twitter accounts that can respond and reply and keep the conversations going.
4: Right. Because
2: this age range also knows their power. They know their market power. They know the power of their voice. They know the power of their money. And they know the power of their social media. So you want to give them a reason to share whatever power it is they have with you
5: and yeah. not
1: against you. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Because It's they, very exciting. They view
2: themselves as, as brand influencers, and they and a lot of them are, and they do have a lot more power than people think.
1: Well, I would love to hear from our Generation Z folks out there on our closer Franchising um, Twitter account, because I'd like to see how many of them out there are checking out the show and what they have to say about what it is that we talk about every week, because those are the folks that, You know, some of them now might be ready to look for franchises or question, you know, is the franchise world something I want to get involved in or not. And if not today, certainly in the future, they will be. So, um, I think they will be a great group to engage with and hopefully they're out there and listening and can send us some, some tweets.
2: Yes, absolutely. Tweet us at pillars of franchising, or you can call us and tell us at 323-580-5755.
1: Awesome. And now we have a quick commercial break, I believe, or we don't. (laughs) Ray, take it away. All right. Well, I'm back. You are. Uh, Look at how sunny your face is. And
6: and in honor of uh, uh, of you, Kristen, uh, I took a photograph of my toes. (laughs) Yes. You can see I was actually on the beach and I was floating were you caribbean sea
1: (laughs) that's one of my favorite places to be you know that
6: yes yes it it was gorgeous out there and i I truly enjoyed it and uh, daisy and i had our uh, honeymoon and our first anniversary celebration
1: oh that's so wonderful i'm so glad you know we got to show back in um back when you got married was that last december already right yeah we got to show your wedding clips Mm -hmm. on the show Now yes. we've got a picture of the anniversary and honeymoon kind of thing. So that's yep. cool. So yep. thank you for sharing.
6: You met. You met. Yeah.
1: So now, what did you got for us today? We've got an exciting we guest have today. A,
6: we have a wonderful guest who loves to float. <laughs> and and her name is uh, Mandy Rowe. And uh, Mandy is growing the world's largest float therapy brand with True Rest franchising. Having joined the team six years ago, she discovered discovered that the Navy SEALs were using float therapy to treat PTSD, insomnia, and for advanced language learning. At TrueRest, she sells and develops the national franchise while also being the industry liaison pushing new technology forward to enhance the float therapy experience. Before rest, she worked in commercial real estate in Nashville with SVN Investec Realty and worked in international franchise development with Thomas Franchise Solutions, which led to her passion for franchising. Welcome to the show, Mandy.
5: Thank you. Thank oh, you for the my, intro. Oh, my gosh.
1: I have to tell you, all, all joking aside, I, all I could think of is laying there floating in this deep meditative state thinking I could totally dig that, yeah.
5: that at that point you're not even
1: thinking yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah it's kind of like I get it so I'm one of those weird people who gets excited about going in for surgery because all I can think about is when the anesthesiologist comes in and he goes okay now I'll count down to 10 and I can get like six, <laughs>
6: six. <laughs> I get nine you know Yeah,
1: and I'm like, the best (laughs) place ever. (laughs) So tell us about your
5: business. I'm super excited to hear about it. Yeah, well, no, thank you for having me. Because one of the things I always tell people is that so many people just are not aware of floating still. It's it's amazing how large of a franchise we can be and yet how few people have even heard of floating. And so I always just start there Um, for those who don't even know what it is. It's just 10 inches of water and 1,000 pounds of Epsom salt. So you lay on top of the water in an anti-gravity state, and if you're comfortable with sensory deprivation, that means no sound, no light, no gravity. But at TrueRest, you also have the option to plug in your phone, listen to anything you want. You've got full control of the lights, full control of the lid. So for everyone who thinks they might be claustrophobic, You've got way more control than you probably realize. And all of our clients come in for exactly what you said, that really profound relaxation, better sleep, pain relief, meditation. And some people come in for advanced learning purposes as well. How long do your guests typically stay in this
1: meditative catatonic state?
5: Yeah. Well, some people confuse floating as, sleeping, which it is right. okay to fall asleep on top of the uh, on top of the water in the flow pod, but it does not replace sleep. So right. generally people come in for 60 minutes, it's okay. usually 10 minutes of music, 45 minutes of silence, and then five minutes of music at the end. But for example, my, my Navy SEALs here at the Spawn San Diego, they come in for four hours and then wow. usually by four hours, they're either ready to get out or the water's starting to get a little bit cold and they're, they're ready to get out anyways. <laughs> That's awesome. How did you start working with the Navy SEALs? Yeah, I actually didn't start it. I I found it because they were already using float pods. But there were only 14 locations in, in North America when I found float therapy. And the Navy SEALs had three float pods on base. And it was one of my friend's dads that told me that there were a few things that he did to treat his PTSD and his anxiety. And floating is what the guys fought for time in and they just uh-huh. loved it. And it's not a benzodiazepine or something that right. they could get addicted to. There's no uh-huh. such thing as you know overdosing on flow therapy, something so holistic.
4: Uh-huh. And
5: it was then that we looked for somewhere to go ourselves and there's just no public access to a flow pod in anywhere in San Diego. So we had to go to Phoenix to get to the closest flow pod. And uh-huh. that's kind of when that spark went off that, hey, there's a business opportunity here. Yeah,
1: yeah. That, that
5: is awesome. awesome. Yeah. You know what
6: I'm thinking? people who start up franchises like myself who really could have used that the first three years,
4: <laughs> Yeah.
6: <laughs> you know, because it's, it's very, you
4: know,
6: <laughs> yeah. yeah.
5: Yeah. And I don't want to bypass over to the importance of finding it through the Navy SEALs because it's been a huge validator for us as a business model. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also have continued that, um, that dedication back to our military so at every true rest across the country on the 11th of every month, we give free floats to veterans. So wow. any veteran across the country can float for free at any true rest. There you All go,
6: right?
1: I'll be, I'll be there. There you go. Yeah. That's your freebie. <laughs> so let's talk about this model. So how many right
5: now franchises do you have? Franchises yeah. across mm-hmm. them? Uh, well, so I personally run the four corporate owned locations okay. and then total, we have 39 locations open. Oh. I've got 12 under construction, and we've sold about 92 territories um, starting to expand into Canada. So um, we'll hopefully be by 50 by about June of next year.
1: Okay. And do you
5: stretch pretty much across the
1: U.S.? Are you kind of just mainly the the south and west? Whereabouts are you right now?
5: Uh, We're in 22 states. So surprisingly, my most popular market is Ohio. Um, The second largest is Phoenix. And then third is back to North Carolina. So we're really all over the country.
1: Okay. So where's your next target market you want to go to?
5: Oh, if I had my druthers, I'd love to see someone open in Dallas. That DSW market is just screaming for a true rest. Okay. But the next market I'm excited that we've already committed to is Los Angeles. We don't have a spa around that area, and I think there's a ton of not only potential for you know meditators more of that crowd that's open-minded to holistic wellness
4: mm-hmm.
5: um and obviously there's a good a lot, a lot of good pr and other things uh yep. in la
1: i'm surprised at being based in san diego that you don't have more in la why why do you think that is do you think it's because of the strict laws in california and the the challenging business environment you have or what do you think keeps them no, that. right
5: now I'll tell you. I think it's just construction costs, and I think everyone's seeing this across all industries. Uh, real estate and construction are expensive, and if I can have my most profitable locations in the suburbs of Ohio, then I get why people would kind of gravitate towards that direction and avoid these, you know, highly traffic A plus plus locations. They don't have to.
1: Okay, I want to remind our listeners um, today because obviously this is a really cool model. And um, obviously, we've got a lot of interest from veterans out there right now. Um, at PillarsOfFranchising.com and LinkedIn Local Network in the chat, you can type your questions, and Fred will make sure that we get them out there. Um, to Mandy, so we can talk about the answers to some of those. And obviously, Elizabeth gave you the, that, the phone number at 323-580-5755. So I know some of you've got some questions out there, so please reach out. Fred will get those to us so we can answer them to the best of our ability. So Mandy, what does it take um, for somebody who's looking to buy into um, a float spa? What does that look like for people?
5: Yeah, so for most of my franchisees, they actually did start as clients. Uh, they you know, found float therapy, they went to a location, decided this was something they wanted to do, but that's mm-hmm. not you know, mandatory by any means. Um, when people come into a true rest, they usually are getting a you know a small business loan, so they need to have about 125,000 on average as you know capital on hand um, that they can spend towards their SBA loan or their you know ROBS rollover process, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And then they need to have some kind of operational experience that we think um, is um, relatable. So whether that's formerly in massage or running a different kind of franchise. Or, you know being an entrepreneur in some way or leading a team even if it's not through entrepreneurship like the military for example have made great franchisees for us just because they've got leadership um, capabilities and uh, they know how to run a you know a really tight ship um, so we're, we're pretty open to a wide range of operators who are the franchisees and franchisees that don't want to be operators but come to the table with a really good manager in place
1: awesome what oh. date? I'm sorry, what does a day of the franchisee look like for them?
5: Sure. So, I mean, it's incredible. I think this is a fun business to be in because everyone that walks through your door is going to have some kind of transformation, Um, whether it's physical, mental, or emotional. The float pod really does uh, take you to a really nice space, um, mentally, emotionally, physically. And so whether you're in the business every day and just really facilitating that experience or you're you know states away and making sure that you're working more on the business it's really just being able to spread the word of flow therapy through podcasts um through talking mm-hmm. to people in your grocery store um through overseeing you know the marketing process there are a few ways to be successful in this business whether you're in it or you're working on it
1: awesome awesome okay. uh, i want to give
5: a quick shout out to uh dale in, on
1: dewey lake in dwaziak michigan uh ray go ahead i'm sorry no, so I was just going to
6: ask Mandy, uh, you know, so many franchises going up there run into some resistance from local people or licensing problems or things like that. Are there any problems with opening? I mean, it seems like there wouldn't be, but obviously you might be able to tell us if there would be.
5: Yeah, it's, it's a really good question. Um, so there is a float tank association that I'm actually also on the board of that has been um, really helpful for the industry to kind of take some of those hurdles um, over with the health department, but for me and my franchisees, thankfully our flow pod and our filtration process has been approved by various states, so we're a, a step ahead for a lot of our franchisees before they come in to whatever state they're in, but if anyone's going to run into a problem, it is going to be with that health department, but I'm that in a thousand. No one's told me no yet.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, awesome. So no issues necessarily with the COVID outbreak and all that kind of stuff. Yeah.
5: No, it's actually been fascinating. I think I've had more interest since COVID because we are one of the few, uh, health modalities that does not require another individual. Awesome. So you can walk in and I can be at the opposite side of the business more than six feet away and say, you're in room five, enjoy. And awesome. they don't need a chiropractor or a masseuse or an acupuncturist or a doctor or someone to facilitate the experience. The float pod takes care of itself.
1: That's wow. awesome. I've got a couple of questions from our listeners. I got one from Sacramento. And um, we lightly covered it, but maybe you could reiterate and then talk about not just, you know, you have a franchise fee and then you have how much you need to have. But Sacramento wants to know, what's the startup cash needed?
5: Yeah, so we've got a location in Roseville, actually, in Sacramento. So we can a check five, it out, right? They can absolutely, go check it out. Yeah. Absolutely. That is a, it's a good example because it is a five-pod spa, and our typical true rests are between four and six-pod spaces. So I'd say if you had about $125,000 in cash, home equity, or 401k, that's a really good starting point for us to help you get approved for a loan of some capacity. So I'd say let's let's start there.
1: Okay, great. And uh, Denver is asking, what kind of liability insurance is required for this spa? Mm-hmm.
5: It's not as large as everyone thinks. So I use uh, universal insurance for all of our locations. It is your typical day spa insurance, and thankfully, because of the materials that we have used in the brand, we've got the right slip on the floor that's going to grip your feet, so we don't have to worry about that. Um, The water is so shallow that we're often able to get away from falling under the pool and spa category, and so your typical day spa insurance has covered anything that we've ever needed it for.
1: Awesome, awesome. Awesome. So, again, I heard you saying um, raise keywords. You can work on the business or you can work in the business, right? And do you have a good mix of of that in the
5: franchise system today? Yeah. About 60% of my franchisees are multi-unit owners. So, you know, they're looking at the the larger picture and developing quickly. And in the very beginning, I mean, you have to understand, people didn't even know what floating was. So the people that were coming to me to franchise, they were – so, so passionate about float therapy that they wanted to be in the business every day working with every client making sure they're spreading the awareness in their community and a lot of those franchisees still just own their one unit and they are their their manager there and that model worked out really well for them as well
1: okay great now one of the big things that we talk about and it's one of our pillars obviously is talking about the training can you tell us a little bit about what kind of training and mentoring and support um, your owners get from
5: yeah. float absolutely So we go through a total of nine days, but it's uh, split up into three-day segments. So as soon as you sign your franchise agreement, we have quarterly trainings that are hosted here in San Diego, and we call the first three days university. So at university, you're coming to San Diego to learn how to speak intelligently about float therapy. Because at this point, you probably know, know what it is, you're excited, you're telling your friends, but someone says, is the water clean? And you're like, oh, shoot, I have not learned about the the chemistry and the filtration process. So we usually start there, and then we work our way through your construction options, make sure that your pro forma and your finances are all set up so that you have some good goals and metrics to work on. Mm -hmm. And then we send you home. And then once you're ready to actually have your flow pods delivered and you're at the end of your construction cycle, you actually come run my spa with me in Austin, Texas for three full days. And that is open to close with my manager and my consultants and me so that you really understand what a full day looks like and then after those three days you go home you finish up your construction process you're hiring your team and then we will actually fly to you on our own dollar to make sure that you've got someone there for three days of a soft open Including your employees your friends and family uh, to make sure that you've taken everything we taught you in Austin and you are uh, implementing it correctly at your location so we'll come on site
1: awesome I do have a, another question from Ann Arbor is asking is there any lifeguard or emergency training needed in the event that somebody you know, freaks out a yeah. little bit and maybe takes on some water anything like that that's needed in the facility
5: Sure. It's a good question. Um, And Ann Arbor is a little bit of a drive, but we're open in Farmington Hills and building in Utica. So those are my two greater Detroit areas for you. Um, There is a certification, but it's not mandatory. So the certification that you could get is your CPO, which is your certified pool operator. And that's really more for water chemistry purposes. What Normal uh, health departments or the um, certificate of occupancy permitters, what they come in and they say is, I want you to have, you know, a 50-foot pole in every room and a no diving sign um, so that, you know, if someone, you know, gets flustered, they've got an easy way out. I'm like it's much harder to use a 50-foot pole inside the flow pod than it is just to get out i promise you um so thankfully no because we've been able to avoid those pool and spa categories we do not need um, a lifeguard on site but a few health departments will ask that there is at least someone in the organization with a cpo certification so that if you run into any water quality issues you've got someone um, who can answer that question but we have a tech and a number of us at corporate are CPO certified, so we can assist in the majority of those questions. Um, and to be honest, if something did happen to your water, you would see it immediately because the water is normally so crystal clear. So uh-huh. If that pH gets off in the slightest, you're going to notice it takes less than four hours to drain that flow pod, fill it back up, and you're starting with fresh water at square one. Awesome. Awesome. So exciting. Ray, do you have any more questions?
6: I, I do. Uh, you know, a lot of franchises, including the one that Kristen and I are in, have some tales to tell. So we were just wondering if you have anything that unusual that's happened that uh, could amuse our audience.
5: Oh, we're talking about floating, of course. I mean, people come in, and I don't want to say with, like, ailments, but they almost come in um, very fearful, some people. It's a very vulnerable experience. Um and whether it's because they've just had, you know, a back injury or they've gone through um you know a major breakup recently, they're coming in to kind of have that time by themselves and to and to try and work it out. And I'd say, you know, at least twenty-five percent of the time someone's crying in my oasis room, like in our lobby, Aww. they just feel so relieved and so relaxed or you know, they've gotten out and they've never felt that kind of relaxation before. Um, But on the flip side, I've also had people get out and tell me that they had the craziest vision, Um, you know, they were in a whole different dimension, they were talking dolphins, like, in altered states, movies, and I believe them, because, you know, you can start to see things in that sensory deprivation if you turn the lights off, Um, and the things that people see and what goes through your head when you're in that dreamlike state can really open up, um, into a lot of someone's psyche or into their subconscious. And a lot of people aren't afraid to share those stories with you when they come out. Wow. Now I really have to try it.
4: (laughs)
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
4: Okay. I have one,
1: one final question for you. What are the top three items on your FCD that you think potential franchisees that are listening should be reading first?
5: Sure. I think with unique to to TrueRest is we have a very transparent item 19. So we share every single location's gross revenue and their expenses and their net profit. So it's very transparent. Mm -hmm. And we want to be that way because we don't want you to worry about the float pod side. I'll teach you that. You look at the business side. Um, So that's usually where most people start and it's a lot of information.
4: Right.
5: Secondly, I would say, you know, look into the, the marketing sections because we have recently made some transitions and we've made it very clear in there why. Mm-hmm. Um, floating, again, is unfamiliar to a lot of people. So we want to make sure that you're not making any claims about curing anyone's anxiety and then getting in trouble for using words like you are a cure or a okay. medical um, a statement that, you know, you can't uphold with research papers. Mm. So in in the marketing section of our FDD, we are pretty clear about what words you can use and what you can't use and um, how that's lined out in our, our style guide and our brand guide.
1: Okay. Uh,
5: and then number three is I say call my franchisees. Go to the Exhibit H. They are right now all very open to talking to prospects. They also want to bring awareness to this industry. Um, and I'd say a lot of them, are prepared to take your phone call, um, or at least we will schedule with you, you know, within 10 days if you're reaching out to them.
1: Awesome. Mandy Rowe with True Rest Float Spa. Could you please tell us how one might get a hold of you if they're interested in joining your brand?
5: Yeah, absolutely. You can email me directly, which is Mandy at TrueRest.com. It's M-A-N-D-Y. But if you want to start with just some, you know, generic information, TrueRestFranchising.com. You can actually download a slideshow that has a lot of those item 19 financials that i just talked about along with an overview of our support our training um, and then what the next steps would be so truefranchising.com if you don't want to get started right with me is a good way to get some high-level information
1: awesome and we will have all that contact information for you on telizapranchising.com as well on youtube you'll see that um, as we get that channel back up we understand there have been some technical problems with youtube but we are streaming Uh, live on Facebook right now. So please, if you're having difficulties, pop on over to Facebook where you can catch us. And now for our first commercial break. Hey, franchise
3: owners, how is your local marketing? Do you feel like you could use some help keeping up with your social media posts and comments and reviews? Do you wonder if you could be doing more to attract local customers? Are you able to identify new movements to your local area? At West we help franchisees like you more local customers through digital marketing. With daily monitoring, creative content, ad placement, and customer data intelligence, we'll get your business in front of the people who want your products or services. We also work with franchisors who need an agency to handle the digital marketing for all of their locations. If you're ready to reach more local customers, give us a call at 805 265 5440 or visit us at westvine.com that's 805 265 5440 or westvine with a y.com
1: and we're back welcome again to pose franchising welcome Jerry Akers. how are you I'm doing amazing
7: you kind of caught me off guard there I, no introduction I'm going before David I was in La La Land, and suddenly there I see my face on the screen. So I'm doing okay, just a little flustered. Give me a second.
1: Yeah, no worries. No worries. I was actually, as we cut to break, I'm like, run up show. It's Jerry time. Um, You know,
7: Elizabeth does a great job of sending that out. I just wish I did a better job of reading it so I knew what we were going to do. But, (laughs) you know, (laughs) we'll flex with it. Well,
1: you know, we've, we, every time we seem to have a little something. And, and instead of Elizabeth giving our, our shout-outs, we had our commercial. And so we're good. We're all good. Hey,
7: I'm ready to go. You know, Randy, uh, Mandy's got me all fired up. I don't think we're going to have any floaters close to Iowa for a while. So um, I may have to travel to try one, but it sounds pretty exciting.
1: Well, you know, before the show, you guys were uh, chatting it up about trying all these float spas, And I said to Elizabeth in the car earlier today – you know, I really hope there's one near Chicago because I don't want to try it. And then I walk in the room, and you're all talking about it, and I'm like, "Oh, someone stole my idea." <laughs>
7: <laughs> well, I think it's pretty cool. I'm excited to see more of them around. And actually, I'm going yes. to go check it out because you know me and my excitement about franchise systems and those kinds of things. So, I'll be Mandy, I'll be checking it out. So, be prepared.
1: Yeah, awesome. And I'll tell you um I would really like to um see one here in Chicago and and really take a look at their FTD and see uh, who out there is interested in reviewing it with us and maybe we can help place somebody in her franchise. Mm. Love it. I'm
7: going to keep it in mind in my uh, circles too so that I can uh, you know start talking it up because they know I'm looking at a lot of options and it may not be one I get to do but maybe I can suggest it to somebody else so good stuff.
1: Well we got a great great subject. Well, I, I just got an instant message that there's a that there is a fun Spooky and a question for Jerry already. Jerry, you haven't even got started.
7: You start talking. Okay, lay
1: it on me. So, who's in the picture behind you? <laughs> <laughs> Inquiring minds want to know.
7: The lower one is my family. About 20 years ago, so the girls are very young. Uh-huh. and the upper one up there is my two daughters uh one of them is probably a junior in high school and the other one is uh probably in eighth grade or something like that at a uh, christmas uh madrigal event where one of them is dressed as an angel and she is an angel so uh, kind of cool but
3: i'm in my right. new office
1: yeah,
7: I'm in my new office, so we're doing some redecorating here. But
1: Well, I love that you are in your new workspace and you're surrounded by family, because that just kind of sums up who you are.
7: Well, uh, yes, I, I want to tag on to that. So family and then business books. Family, <laughs> business books, okay? Two of the loves of my life right here in the same area. But, you know, Elizabeth introduced us to an amazing subject for this week and uh, a very amazing. positive one, very exciting franchising so I am really jazzed to talk about it. Today.
1: Awesome. Talk well, about
7: McDonald's. Yeah talk about McDonald's although more related to NLRB which is the yep. National Labor Relations Board. It's a little brief little history so about six or seven years ago McDonald's got hit up by NLRB and by the way I'm taking all the politics out of this because this article was about 70% politics so I had to dig through it to get the real gist of it but yes. the bottom line we take all the politics out. Uh, The Service Employees International Union went after McDonald's uh, because they felt that a franchisor uh, had too much uh, control over a franchisee's employees, so the franchisor should be responsible. Um, You know, many people would believe that was really an effort to organize at a global scale instead of being forced to go out and work at a local scale with individual franchisees and their staff. You can take it for what you will, but I think on the surface, that's the way it looks. So there's been about seven years of back and forth on this, uh, not only at NLRB, but also in courts. And uh, recently, uh, McDonald's won a big case on this. Uh, They had agreed to so the, the recent case that they won was related to uh, a, a local uh, franchise, excuse me, a local franchisee's staff uh, holding a uh, kind of a strike to try and get $15 minimum wage in their area, area in their uh, location. And uh, the fight was because the NLRB, or uh, yeah, I, actually SEIU, the the union believed that McDonald's corporate helped the franchisees in that fight, hmm. and so it was an argument over whether the the, you know, the franchisor helped the franchisee and how that all looked so
1: and not that the franchise end- I'm sorry Jerry not to interrupt you but not that the franchisor set that wage but that they helped in say the defense
7: that they they fed information to the franchisee that allowed them to be more successful in their fight in against the 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 fifteen dollar minimum minimum wage uh, argument so really in 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 the big picture uh, franchisor has l- little if any impact on hiring and managing staff that's up to the franchisee that's a message we have to continue to get out because the image is the opposite of that which is why these kinds of lawsuits come up uh, my guess is and there was no information on this but we all are franchisees on here so you understand uh, with the exception of mandy who is a franchisor right but um but we all understand that the franchisor doesn't do anything with our people it's entirely on us and a franchisor in a situation like this would would maybe do a little legal research or something like that and forward that information to the franchisee because many franchisees couldn't afford top-notch legal information. So, in essence, they weren't trying to impact it negatively as a franchisor. They weren't trying to sway anybody. They were merely giving data right. to a franchisee so that they could do whatever they needed to do. But at the end of the day, it was really an argument about whether the franchisor has too much impact on a franchisee staff. Mm-hmm. Um, we as franchisees don't want franchisors to have anything to say about our staff. That's right. We believe we are a small local employer. We wanna uh, pay local prevailing wages or better than local prevailing wages. We wanna give great benefits and all those kinds of things. We really don't believe there's a global answer to any of those things. It's gotta be more on a local basis. And in this case, uh, the um, SEIU was fighting Uh, Because of the impact of uh, McDonald's giving information to the franchisee and then uh, so right now uh, It appears as though in fact they won this case. So it's done Uh, the franchisees paid uh, a little bit of lost wages to the to the employees that were Striking and all those kinds of things to kind of come to a settlement so everybody can move on right try to be fair with everybody but the bigger picture here Kristen is this is a step along the path of the NLRB understanding that it is a local battle with local franchisees instead of a global one with a franchisor. Right. So, as, as we know, courts look at uh, what's happened in lower courts when they're making their decisions, the upper courts do. So, the fact that, you know, um, this one was lost and actually went for, the, uh, for uh, McDonald's will Play into any future decisions made at the court level about any of the global uh, SEIU arguments about uh, the relationship between a franchisor and staff so it's a win now and it's also a really strong uh, component of future cases so
1: yeah there you go yeah I think it was good that McDonald's was one of the ones that led the way I'm sure there may have been others along the way but certainly by having McDonald's be the big player and be somebody that could win, it sets a good stage for the rest of us, because well, I think yes. most people don't go into business and invest what we do to work for a franchisor, right? That's not no. the game that we- Well, kind
7: of we as franchisees don't feel that we work for the franchisor. We we really believe we take a system that they've developed and we we work in our area under their system, but again, they don't have anything to say about our employees. Um, mcdonald's didn't have much of a choice in this case because they got sued so uh it you know and really they got sued because they're the biggest you know they have the most employees at stake so uh, it is good they 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 can defend themselves really well and uh they help us in some way shape or form uh position ourselves so that we can we can work against this in the future now uh case in point i've been in washington dc for the last six or seven years on capitol hill talking to representatives about this very situation because I felt it was by far the most critical uh, thing that would impact us as franchisees and our employees and local business and those kinds of things. So uh, for me, this is a great thing because it makes it a little bit easier for us to have those discussions in the future because we have a point of reference we can go back to.
1: Right, right. Yeah. And in recent leg- legislation, that was a big thing, this whole joint, uh, joint employment issue. So hopefully this right. will help close the door and nail it shut in the very near future so we don't have to go back and revisit it.
7: Well and our weekly question, Kristen. I'm not gonna position it. I'm gonna let you ask it.
1: Hey Jerry, is it still a good time to buy a franchise?
7: It's an even better time now, Kristen. <laughs> it's That's always awesome. been great, but it's even better now. We That's have awesome. one less thing hanging over our heads. So yeah. yes it's a great time and there. There has never been a wider expanse of options in franchising as there is right now. There's new ones coming out every day. I see Shaq is uh, kicking off his franchise big chicken uh, deal, and I think that's pretty exciting. Uh, I love love the true rest floating concept because that's something unique. In my studies of uh, potential franchises, uh, emerging franchisors coming up. There are such a, you know, there's some lab things you and I've talked about yep. some of those, Kristen, there's yep. uh, rejuvenating things. There's age related things. There's just a, oh my a wide gamut. If you can't find something that you are interested in that fits all of the parameters, all checks all the boxes yep. right now, then you're probably not ever going to find anything. So get busy. If you're interested, let's make this happen.
1: Yeah, I'll tell you. And I every day I get a new list of current franchises, franchises that already have an income stream. So you could potentially buy a business with an income that comes along with it. So you're not starting necessarily from ground zero, which has pros and cons, of course. just depends on what you have the stomach for, right? Um, and, and so every day I get a list of those. And so if you want to do something but you're not sure what it is, that's where the conversation needs to start. So um, as always well, as you can, you know.
7: Kristen, what better place to start than Pillars of Franchising with all the expertise we've got here, (laughs) because we have people on this show right now who can help you walk through that path, weigh some of the differences between different franchise systems and help make a great decision. So now's the time. Make the call. Let's figure out a way to make this happen and get you into the business of your dreams.
1: Awesome. Jerry, thank you again for all the work you do for the show and for all of our listeners out there. Hope you have a good week and we'll look forward to seeing you again very soon.
7: Thanks, Kristen. Bye.
2: So on that note, if you are interested in uh, talking to one of our mentors about buying a franchise, go to our web, PillarsOfFranchising.com. Click on the Contact Us page and you will find a form where you can check all the boxes of anything you might be interested in. Um, Also, be sure to check out our magazine section on the website. We interviewed former NFL Chicago Bear Doug Plank about his journey through franchising. Um, Wild Birds, we featured uh, Wild Birds Unlimited franchisee Donna Blum, who talked a lot about being empowered with her own income stream as a woman, which was very important to her. Um, we also talked to someone from Lash Lounge, Michael Jania, who uh, overcame and overcame and overcame, started during the pandemic went through uh, the race riots in uh, the Chicago area and had to board up this building and was looted and has still come out to be a very successful um, early stage franchisee. So check all of those out at pillarsoffranchising.com. One last thing, if you want to be a sponsor and get the word out about your business, uh, also go to that form on contact us page at pillarsoffranchising.com and let us know. We can help you get some exposure for your business.
1: Thank you so much, Elizabeth as always and welcome back david
0: hey 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 good to be back
1: how have you been
0: good good good, good, awesome. good. Really
1: good. looks like so i'm gonna jump
0: a- i'm i'm gonna jump on this true rest bandwagon <laughs> real quick before we get into this thing all right i've been because i've been getting emails from mandy for the oh. last couple of weeks so i'm ahead of you jerry just a little believe- finally i'm ahead of jerry finally um and i have to admit um i'm getting getting emails but i'm tied up with my you know opening up the joint if i would have been exposed to true west True true rest before the joint it might have been just in reverse but um definitely something that's still on my radar i've got to get these open and going but um incredible intriguing i should say business model for sure
1: i'm with you however
0: however chris I, i i don't want to burst your bubble here um you do understand the concept of this. This isn't floating in a pool with a drink in your hand, right? Because <laughs> I, I know that's why you want to go visit. You want to take your drink and you want to go and get a raft and go hang
1: <laughs> well, that's Well, so that is also true. That is also true. But when right. I do that, I'd like to be able to feel the sun, like,
5: you know, shaking
1: on my skin. So I'm okay because this kind of reminds me of when I – went off the wall diving and it was a little too deep and i kind of you know that's what this would remind me of that that kind of what, what do we call it the sensory deprivation
0: <laughs> so you're the one that needed the 50-foot pole to, to grab onto right yes the-
1: yes i got in big trouble that day but um yeah i think it's awesome and, and i'm so glad to know that there's a uh, a, a rough spot in Skokie, illinois and ray's already messaged me that it's time to go up there and have a meeting for lunch so uh we're definitely going to be doing that so i can't wait well, elizabeth
0: elizabeth and i are going to meet at the one in pensacola at some point in time so that's I'm, uh, no and we're seriously really looking forward to it. the reason since you know the reason i haven't replied to mandy just yet is twofold one i want to go and experience it and two i've got to get Oh, my other business opened
4: first.
1: <laughs> I
0: mean, I, I'm known for I'm known for the shine, you know, the shiny objects in your mom. I'm gonna yes. go through that one. Now, so.
1: so am I. So yeah. I wait for you. <laughs> That's right. Anyways,
0: what we got going on? Today?
1: So here we go. Let's talk about this journey. By the way, you've got so much going on with it, and we're we're working on all these different site selections. How in the world? Do you go from, with with Buffalo Wild Wings, it's a completely different site that you're looking for, a completely different build-out. How does yeah, that the work? Site, right?
4: Yeah,
0: that's a great question. The site itself isn't really um, as far as demographics and area and, and the traffic drivers we look for. But there are really specific, unique things that, that they they have in their site selection site selection you wouldn't really think about so for me I'd look and say okay here's some big-box retail here's some big-box retail looks great oh we carved out this little thousand square foot twelve hundred square foot space but then they come back and say no not necessarily because their traffic patterns and the types of traffic they need a little bit different so more of the daily weekly stuff as opposed to I might there might be a lot of traffic but they're only showing up there once every Whatever right month to a year, right? how many times you go to a home depot, so to speak, so that was interesting and um and then, as with everything, and I'll say this now, so I don't forget it, is the key to it, and we talked about this man a year ago, I think on one of our programs, is have a great real estate broker
4: uh-huh. we
0: fell into a and you could usually tell right away, um we looked at one area. And and we drove the entire market. This is this is kind of unique. We drove the entire market, spent a whole day up there, and found a lot of found four different trade areas that we could potentially use.
1: Now, the important thing about that that I like you pointed out is that that is not where you live.
0: Not even close. So that is in Michigan. I, I live split my time as everybody knows between Ohio and Florida. Yeah. So that that's that that was in michigan so i didn't know anything about the area so i'm glad you brought that up so i relied totally on that broker so we drove the entire trade market identified he identified four specific trade areas within that and there weren't really any locations there was one that was a potential and we started to go down the road to the to, to kind of put in a letter of an intent and the numbers just got kind of sideways and lo and behold we switched gears found another area in, in within the trade area that I had registered for
4: mm-hmm.
0: and found an absolutely home run of a, of a location and have an option of a second one that might be coming open available to us next month. So and those are only five minutes apart. So you have to be flexible. I mean, mm-hmm. if we would have said no, we're going to stay in this city, this area, the whole bit, we would still be looking for a location. And that time on my franchise agreement would be would still be ticking, right? Sure. So by being able to pivot and, and having a great broker that found something in a great trade area, at least we believe it is, Yeah. is, um, we're really excited. I mean, we here's the other thing. I should bring this up. So we signed the agreement. We did. We drove that trade area. We'll, and I'll use the city's names. Okay, that was in Grand Rapids.
1: Right.
0: I love that area. In, yeah, now we're in Kalamazoo. But wow. we didn't drive Kalamazoo. So I came back, back to Cleveland, and then ended up back in Florida, and he comes up and says, hey, you know what, um, I, have this, uh, I have this location, are you interested? Well, our regional manager drove from Wisconsin to check it out for us.
1: Wow. He, gave it,
0: he says, holy cow, this is great, submitted it, got corporate approval. We never even, this was several months ago, we never even saw it until last month. When we but, went up to Wisconsin for our training on our way back to Ohio, we decided, let's go look at the location we signed a lease on.
4: <laughs> so, that, so I that, don't
0: recommend that, but that's the level of trust I had in the broker, in the in the and in, in, in my in my regional developer.
1: Well, not only that, David, I mean that shows the level of support that the joint is giving you through these area developers, which I think is phenomenal because you know, it's a little different when you have regional developers and not every franchise offers them. Um, but when you're going into, like in your case, you're, you're completely trading um, industries, right? This is completely different to, to you and Lynn. And then also to not be in even close to where you live. Now, I, I, because I'm from originally Michigan, I know both of those towns are fantastic towns, so I don't think you'll lose in either one. But I do have a question about that, because you mentioned that um, one of the sites is only five minutes from the other one. Does the franchisor, have you considered, or is there any kind of rules or things about um, cannibalizing yourself? Is that a concern for you when you think well, about being just five minutes away?
0: No, I'm, I, you know what? That's great to said that. And you five minutes kind of a euphemism they're sure, closed yeah. but they're they're different markets and that's the whole thing so here's here's what was really appealing to me as i've gone through the three different phases of training with this, with this company that was unlike what i'd done before because we were so brand new we we're the very first ones sure this is a dialed in process as much as any i've seen um corporate you can't you're not just going to open up a, a franchise in this unless it, it's in, a, in an
3: approved
0: geo-targeted you know, trade area. Okay. And they've identified those throughout the country, say, okay, here are, I forget exactly what they call them, I'll just call them trade areas within them. And it's just like anything else. Five minutes could be 30 minutes to uh, something else if it's real, but if sure. you have you know, uh, you know, 250,000 people in the county and they're five miles apart and you've got, and they're two distinct trade areas, that have barriers of highways or whatever, it doesn't matter. They're two distinct trade areas. So sure. in this particular case, they are totally geared towards making sure they don't cannibalize, but also having enough awareness and brand awareness that um, it, it creates, it, it creates some synergy among those in that trade area. Awesome. So really exciting. I mean, they—they, they, I, I was really impressed. Again, gone through three different phases of training. We do an they did an online training. I'll talk about this next week or another time. But the online training, um, the in clinic training, and then then the uh, then the corporate training that we went through, and every step along the way it was just more impressive than than the previous. So, I will say this: very very comfortable with the way they handle the real estate,
4: mm-hmm. the
0: the um, the trade areas that are identified, and then they know what they want to see around a, a good location they have enough data now six seven hundred locations they know they, they they can tell you to it, see hey these are the ones that are going to produce this one's going to come out a little slow whatever the case may be wow so it's really different. very impressive totally different from the throwing a dart at the wall yeah. back 28 <laughs> years ago when when we were the very first franchisees of buffalo wild wow. so, yeah, so yeah. And we go hey this looks like a good location so now, they're not that way now, don't get me wrong, but
1: sure. back then. Well, there. that's the difference. I mean, back then, right, you were with an emerging brand. Brand new. Right? So, so the experience is totally different. So those out there who have the stomach and, and want to go with an emerging brand, right, and through the trials and tribulations, that's one way to go. Or if you want to wait a little bit and still hit the mark when a brand is newer, new-ish, like with the joint. Then there's another word another way to go but i think what's great is that this company has really hit the other pillar the the pillar of getting the training and mentoring and support um, that their franchisees need so thank you so much for giving us that report we look forward to hearing again on how great the joint is doing in supporting you in your journey with this new adventure you got it awesome thank you david and here we go. As we wrap up the show this week, we would like to thank Mandy uh, for her time today. And obviously, we are all very excited at bringing uh, some, or bringing all of us out to her locations to check it out. Be sure to like and share and comment on this episode today. Um, as always, thank you to Ray Tiller, Jerry Akers, our Million Dollar Mentors, David Kijanik. um For their insight and wisdom, I'm Kristen Chalmessi your fourth million-dollar mentor, and together we are your resource for franchising success. We help you buy, grow, and make your dreams a reality. This is the Pillars of Franchising, and the dream starts here. Have a great week.
4: (laughs)